you know, in those moments where you're just, you're smiling and when you recap on that memory, everything slows down and you just see the smiles and you can feel the happy and laughing all over again. Yep. There's only, I only have one memory like that that I can actually pinpoint in. Alright guys, welcome back to the Everything Cast. I'm your host Wyatt, and with me as always is my co-host Evan. Welcome back everybody. Yeah man, I got a couple things I want to bring into you guys' attention before we get into this very exciting episode of the Everything Cast. So, uh... Earlier this week, I, I discovered this YouTube channel, and it's called Soft White Underbelly. And the reason why I'm bringing this to you guys' attention is because, as I've mentioned many times before, is, uh, you know, I'm a recovering addict. And in this YouTube channel, they interview a lot of people. And it's not just recovering addicts, it's people who are actively addicted to drugs, okay? And they also interview... You know, prostitutes, strippers, uh, homeless people, pimps, uh, basically everyone across all walks of life. And I think that this is very fucking revolutionary because a lot of people don't understand, like, how people get to this point, how people end up addicted to drugs, and why they continue on the path of what it is that they're doing, right? And I know that it's hard for a lot of people to understand, especially people who have never had to deal with it, right? And this just kind of shines a light on exactly that, why people do all these things that are very frowned upon in society. And I think that this is really fucking important because everybody... Whether they're willing to admit it or not, I believe, and maybe this is a hot take, or maybe maybe it isn't, but I, I feel like almost everybody struggles with some type of mental illness, right? And with today and how it is, I feel like it's no longer a question of uh, why, it's a more of a question of how, right? And this just... It just shines a light on how people end up in the positions that they are in. And I, I think that, like, this is so fucking important, especially for the people who don't understand to kind of, like, humanize people with all of these type of things, whether it's addiction or, you know, abuse or sexual abuse or physical abuse or mental abuse. It just kind of brings you into the world of what it is that we've experienced and the decisions that we make. And and for that, I am super fucking grateful for this channel because it, again, it just, it just humanizes people, right? It just gives you a glimpse of why we do the things that we do. So again, it's called soft white underbelly. So if you guys ever, ever wondered why, or you just want some people to relate to, or you just want to selfishly just feel better about yourself, Give this shit a listen, because it, it, it will truly, at least I believe, it'll truly change your perspective on how you see other humans. And for that, I am super grateful. So one more time, it is called Soft White Underbelly on YouTube. Check it out, please, please, please. Okay. And uh, another thing is, so a, a bunch of people in the social media space have teamed together to 
rid beaches and oceans of debris and garbage, right? And this thing is called Team Seas. It's it's put on by Mark Rober and more importantly, Mr. Beast. And Mark Rober is a NASA scientist who helped develop a lot of shit for NASA and Mr. Beast. And if you don't know Mr. Beast by now, then get out from the fucking rock that you're living under because Mr. Beast is taking over the internet 100%, right? And so the whole objective of, the, of this whole entire thing is to raise money to help rid the oceans and beaches from plastics and garbage that are out in the ocean that are destroying the ecosystem, right? And so how this works is uh, for every $1 raised, rids one pound of garbage out of the ocean. So if you donate $1, it's one pound, $5 is five pounds, $100 is 100 pounds of garbage that they are going to remove from the ocean and beachfronts all over the world. And so I think that this is very important. There's, there will be a link in the description if you would uh, want to donate. And I, I highly recommend that everybody donates because this isn't a me problem. This isn't a you problem. This is an everybody problem. We've all we've all played a part in this. We've all, you know, we all use plastic. We all we've all contributed towards this. And as of November 6, 2021, we have raised 13 million dollars towards this goal and and the overarching goal is to raise 30 million dollars within 60 days and we're almost halfway there and so again if you guys uh want to donate or want to help out in this uh, ridding the ocean of uh garbage again check check the description down below i highly recommend that everybody does this because this is a problem that is bigger than just you or me and so uh yeah please just check the description donate if you have the available uh occupancy and so uh yeah let's just get let's get into the in into the episode evan how are you my guy uh doing good man and uh very busy lately yeah what you been doing uh it's a lot of stuff with the work mainly yeah yeah, yeah, getting ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas. We're doing some events for work, and uh, so been staying busy with that and just work itself. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, last weekend was Halloween. Did you end up have, uh, doing anything for Halloween? Uh, no, I actually uh, I didn't go out. Actually, uh, yeah, it was on Sunday, so I did go out. Um, it was pretty fun. Just went to a few bars, and I didn't dress up or anything. But one of my buddies uh, was going back home to the states, so kind of like a farewell for him. Gotcha. But yeah, it was good. Yeah. What did you uh, What did you end up doing? Yeah, man, I'm I'm glad you fucking asked because I was gonna talk about it either way. <laughs> either way, it was uh you know this this is uh last year my my daughter was only a few months old so we uh you know we we did you know Halloween but it it, it wasn't 
um, as extravagant as this year. This year, my daughter is old enough and she doesn't really, you know, comprehend the idea of Halloween and what it represents and what it means to people. But she, she, you know, she got the general concept. You go up to a door, you say trick or treat, and they give you candy. That part she understand understood very well, right? And uh, dude, it was so fucking awesome, man. It was so heartwarming. It was it was so uh, great. And mm. so, my parents are big, big Halloween activists, I guess you can say. And uh, they always go all out every year for Halloween. And so we went out to their house. We uh, got a costume for my daughter. We we didn't end up dressing up. Normally, we do some type of cosplay for uh, Halloween, and uh, so we we didn't do that. We just let uh, my daughter have this year, and we went out trick or treating. And we were only out for like forty five minutes, maybe at max, and because it was kind of cold uh, out here in Illinois for Halloween. But dude, everybody fucking loved her like yeah. genuinely loved her it was so great because like uh, you know i was carrying my daughter we'd go up to the door i'd ring the doorbell i'd set her down right and then when the you know the the parent or the adult would answer the door uh you know i would say trick or treat and then i would just end up having a conversation with the person answering the door and they would just let my daughter take handfuls of candy and stick it in her bag like I would hold the bag open and she would just take handfuls and handfuls and handfuls uh, every single house that we went to. Right. So, like I said, we were only out for like 40, 45 minutes. And then like we ended up with so much candy. It was ridiculous. It was seriously ridiculous how much candy we ended up getting. And uh, like I said, they would just let her take all the candy that she wanted. (laughs) <laughs> and and oh. you know she she didn't like you know grasp the concept of just take some she just kept reaching back for more so dude it was it was it was awesome man i had seriously such a great time and i can tell that i made my daughter super freaking happy and she also got a lot eat she got to eat a lot of candy so i know she was super fucking happy that's like a really good time man yeah dude it it was great it was it was I can't wait. I can't wait for next year, man. Because next year she'll obviously have a better grasp of everything that's going on. You know, she really enjoyed seeing all the other kids in costumes, and uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be more grateful. Hell yeah, dude! I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, but uh, as I mentioned before, this is a very exciting episode. We have a guest, and this guest just ain't anybody. He is uh, a lifelong friend of both of ours, right? He is a dog owner. He's a gun activist. He, you know, the most probable way to find him is at the end of a rainbow. (laughs) And he is our friend, Cody. Cody, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm alive. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, You know, I think it's pretty easy to say that. You know, we're doing good. Things are um, unfolding quite well. Haven't you got anything to add to that? No, uh, I, I like that. Just doing, doing all right. Hell yeah! I like the, uh, the rainbow intro there. Yeah, yeah. I thought you would like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty good intro. I liked it. Yeah, man. Uh, so Cody, 
tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, tell us, like, uh, you know, what it was like for you growing up and, uh, you know, how everything went in your household. Oh, shit. Jumping right into it. All right. Yeah, man. We're here to pick Um, your brain, bro. Okay. Well, growing up was kind of shitty. Growing up with a split household and Mm -hmm. a narcissistic mother who's extremely sadistic and manipulative growing up and being turned against my father up until I turned, I think, shit, 17, 18 years old. And then I realized everything was bullshit. Yeah, that must have been hard, man. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Growing up in in poverty throughout both my parents' lives with my mom just being her. That's the best way to describe it. Dad working his ass off and never around because he has to because he's paying child support on two kids that he got railroaded on. Gotcha. Yeah. Shitty because I was stuck with my mother. Except for like weekends and shit like that that I would go to my dad's. But mom had guys in and out all the time. Not was like, this was this like a a court thing or was this like a, a mutual agreement thing? Court, mom got full custody, dad got railroaded. Gotcha. Oh, let me say that again, Evan. Yeah, it seems to happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's one infuriating, right? you know from the outside in because uh my parents have always been together right and so you know it hurts to hear this type of shit that this shit goes on quite as frequently as it does and then to also know now now uh, and not just two people but like two people here on the podcast that who have kind of experienced almost the same thing it it really it really sucks you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying but um you know, even with all the bad things that went on uh, in your childhood, Cody, I'm sure that there's had to been some good things. Would you care to talk about some of those good things that did come out of this? Uh, good things that came out of it. I bonded. So, like, with did cousin- you ever go like on like, yeah, I mean, uh, like, you ever go like on vacations, like? say with your father or with your mother that were like super extraordinary or something that like really sticks in your brain uh i used to like we used to do it a lot more than like hell past like five six seven maybe more years nine years or so but when i was really young my mom would always come down to tennessee and visit our family down here and hang out with them and go to dollywood and all that stuff yeah, we used to do the Adelaide. Yeah, it was pretty dope. Oh yeah, especially during holiday time. It's awesome. Hell yeah, I I've been to Dollywood once before, and uh, they they actually have the most wooden roller coasters than any other amusement park in the world. Did you know that? Yep. Yeah. That being said, though, I hate wooden roller coasters. They're so sketchy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting there moving around. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, so, what other goods and any other other good things that you can uh, think of that came out of that? Uh, I used to grow up in Wisconsin a lot with my family through my mom's side. Yeah. But then that shit went crazy too. 
All yeah. the good ended up into a bad at some point. Yeah. Okay. So that that's a good transition to my next question: is uh, what were some of the bad sides of it? Like, where were the cons? Uh, manipulation and being percept or whatever the word that I'm thinking of put through a lot of shit when it came through or came to my mom, ending up having to grow up way sooner than I should have, and yeah. having to be an adult way sooner than I had to, because of pretty much growing up i ended up being the one that my mom leaned on like gotcha. i was you know, she would break down to she would rely on her chill her child to fix her issues and be her um ear to bend and everything like that rather than relying on like a friend or anything like that it was always my job so i had all that put onto me and then all of my mom's boyfriends throughout the years and everything like that I've been put through mental, physical, emotional fucking abuse throughout the shit my entire life, pretty much up until my mom married and got with her most recent or her husband now, which is my stepdad. I love him. He's the best. But, okay. So, yeah. so that, that that's what I was going to ask is like, uh, you know, you, you were talking about like how, you, you know, your mom put all this pressure on you to, to kind of be like the leading man in her life. Like even with all these dudes coming through, like you still ended up being the reciprocant of all this. Yep. Because whenever they would decide to leave or she would decide to leave them, it would all fall down on me tenfold. Okay. All right, so you're the oldest then. I was the only child up until about nine years ago. On both sides? Uh, no. On my mom's side, I was the only child up until nine years ago when my little sister was born. My dad's side, I'm the second oldest and... Or, yeah, the second oldest and one of four. Gotcha. So, um, I'm asked a question, but if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, I totally understand. But, um, so... Because, uh, you know, you mentioned talk, uh, going to Tennessee to live uh, or to, to see your family and stuff with your mother. I mean, uh, you know, now currently you do live in Tennessee. So are are you afraid that, you know, all of that's just going to be projected onto your younger sister then from your mother? I'm willing to bet probably. It's not 100%. As bad as it used to be because, well, my stepdad's in the picture now, too. So okay. he's trying to help and rein in a little bit of that. She's actually growing up in a household where she has her dad and everything like that there to kind of step in when things aren't right such. Okay, so do, do you see things going a little bit better for your sister than it did for you, or, or is it you think it's going to be kind of the same thing? 50-50 crapshoot at this point. Yeah. It it's got to be go a little rough, huh? Next same. Yeah. Uh, how often do you find yourself thinking about that, if you don't mind me asking? Honestly, not often. I really don't think about it much at all. Cause yeah, because I, like, I, I can imagine, right? Like, it's like, it's a relief to be out of that scene, right? Like, it's a relief to not have that constantly on you. 
but you know in like I, i've experienced this in my life right like it's like you know that you being out is giving the, you this freedom and this, this sanctuary and you know i'm a man because i pay my own bills and i do these own things like my own house and i got a dog and i got i got all these things going well for me but you know that there's someone underneath you who's probably going to be receiving everything that you did but at the same time like you can't sit and worry about them because you also have your own life to live but at the same time you don't want them to go through what you through you went through because you know how that affected you so i'm I'm sure that that's got to be a hard thing to live with it is and it isn't because i see growing up dealing with my mother and everything like that i learned how to read people like a book you stick me with okay. some random picture and I could tell you damn near most of the things that they've gone through in their life and what phased them, what brought them to the point of where they're at now. And a lot of the things that they've yeah. been through, everything. And yeah. even though my little sister is only nine years old, looking at her, I can tell a lot that she is damn near a spitting image of my mother, gotcha. which is slightly, slightly scary. Because that means that there's a potentiality that she's going to do the same thing that my mom did to her kids in the future and stuff. Gotcha. Do you? Do you, maybe maybe this is fucked up, right? But growing up the way that I did, I always found myself like consider like I always seen myself as like the hero. And what what I mean by that is like. I, I remember telling my brothers, right, and I'm not even the oldest. In my, like, I have an older brother, right, but I found myself saying things like, one day I'm going to get you out of this. One day I'm going to make everything okay. One day I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get us in a place and we're all going to be happy. Like, is that something that you do? No. <laughs> I don't. I no. do not. As much as I love my siblings, they're uh-huh. they've got their own things going for them. Right. I mean, shit. My oldest or my older sister, she's a fucking genius. My little brother on my dad's side, he's odd. You've met him. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, the, like as tall as me yeah. now. He's he's odd, and then you have the small crackhead. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 something else and then there's my little sister who's i don't even know how to describe her she's a massive diva yeah they've all got their own things going on i'm not worried about it they can all do their own stuff yeah and i i just want i just want to make it a point to say that uh you know i, I everything that i'm saying is like it isn't to get down on you know like in in this case it would be cody right like i'm not i'm I, i'm just here just to pick your brain I, i'm not trying to put you into anything i'm not trying to put any thoughts in your head i'm not trying to do anything i'm just trying to understand you know what I'm saying? oh i completely understand it yeah i get it okay I, I, I just wanted to make that clear so uh my, my next question to you is then um like how do you find yourself dealing with all these things that you dealt with as a kid now as an adult so like 
how do you find yourself dealing with these traumas and all everything you dealt with as a kid? Like, do you find yourself being like codependent in relationships, like hyper attached to somebody when you get into relationship? Do you find yourself being uh, on the opposite side of this uh, spectrum? Like, do you find yourself being like antisocial and very distant from people? Do you find like do do you uh, do you resonate with any one of those? I used to like before um before I moved back in with my dad and everything like that after in 2019 mid 2019 mm-hmm. I moved back in with him cuz my grandfather was a lot having a lot of health issues and everything and I had lost my dad but um before all that I used to do that stuff a lot but uh I used to do that a lot and I didn't realize it until I actually sat down and really looked at myself and figured out what was going on with me and how to fix it. And I took, hell, I'm pretty sure the entire two years that I was living with my dad, that was the entire time of me just kind of working on myself and getting my own shit figured out. Fixing all the issues that I've had, finally facing and realizing all the trauma that I've been through and actually taking care of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Finally, just actually stepping up and being like, I have issues that I need to work through. Yeah, like you were saying earlier with uh, when, what I was talking about, you know, helping out your siblings and stuff get through it. I think it, there's a lot of uh, times where you had to, you know, realize I should work on myself first before I can even help others. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. So like you you came to this conclusion by yourself, or have you been in therapy and working on this with a therapist? I went to therapy once back in twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, somewhere around there. I don't remember. Okay. It was when I did out of fucking college and was having a lot of bad thoughts. My mom made me yeah. go to uh therapy. So I went there. That's so wait, hold on, therapy. hold on before uh, before you go on. Your your mother made you go to therapy? Yeah. That's interesting. She made me go to therapy because I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. Okay, so she didn't necessarily understand that she was the cause of the ma- majority, if not all of this. She just seen that you were very anxious and, you know, maybe a little suppressive in your life. Yeah, she still has no fucking clue. I could look her dead in the face and say, hey, this is all your fault, and she'd still deny it. She wouldn't accept it. Are these things that you've actually said? Huh? Have you, like, said these things to her before? Not necessarily, like, the way that I just said it now. Okay. But I have expressed it, and I have expressed how, like, the things that she's done throughout my life have fucked me up. Okay. And I've I've blatantly gave my stepdad and my actual dad, I gave them all of the credit for the man I am today. I gave her none, absolutely okay. no credit while I was talking to her. Right. Yeah, and, talk uh, talk a little bit about like your therapy experience then. Oh, that was fucking garbage. That was absolute shit. Mm-hmm. I went to therapy for five, six months. My therapist sucked. <laughs> He barely said anything. 
and it was uh once a week or twice a week seven times a week what uh once a week and then eventually dwindled down to once every two weeks oh interesting okay and uh i ended up just stopping scheduling new appointments and everything like that because i felt like i was getting better or i felt uh -huh. like i had gotten better and i no longer needed it right um come to find out a couple years later i probably should have kept going to a different one but he yeah. just he actually he sucked it, it was horrible he literally yeah. would he would throw my own shit back at me like i'd be talking about one thing and he'd just throw it right back he wouldn't wouldn't give us input he wouldn't help me work through anything he'd just he was just kind of a body there. That was it. Yeah, uh, dude, I, I I can fucking relate to this so heavily because um, it, as I mentioned before, I've been going to therapy, and uh, I've actually recently stopped going to therapy because of these exact reasons. Literally, I uh, to the T exact reasons, and um, not and listen, I I am an activist for fucking uh, therapy. But I'm also an activist for the right therapist. And so if oh, you yeah. have people, it, yeah, 100%, right? It's like if you have people like what, the, uh, what Cody is describing, that's not the right therapist for you. Now, does that mean you should give up? Absolutely not. And I understand because this is it. I'm literally going through this right now, right? It's like trying to find the right therapist for you. It is a very hard thing to do, but if I if I'm gonna say anything, it's gonna be just don't give up on that because if you give up on finding a therapist and you give up on finding someone to help you along, essentially it's like giving up on yourself. And I, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form, Cody, that like that's what you've done. I, I've known you for a very long time, and I think that you like you are seriously a great fucking human. And that's why I wanted to have you on, is because I think that you have a lot of good things to say uh, upon all aspects of life. Because I, I know your story, and I know who you are, and the fact that you can come out of what you what you've been describing as a good human shows to your character because there is a lot of people who have gone through things like you and me have and Evan have and they don't turn out on the good side and i think that that is very important important to say and even though you aren't necessarily in therapy right now you continue to see bad habits of yourself and correct them. And that is ultimately, in my opinion, the human experience is you do something and even though you don't catch it in a moment, whether it's, you know, two days or a month or a year from now, you look back on that experience and you say, holy shit, why did I do that? You were on the right path. That, that's what I think. Oh, uh, getting to the point where you finally like look your look at yourself and you're just sitting there like, wow, I really need to fix these things. And actually finally accepting it is one of the biggest stepping stones that anybody will go through in their life. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So uh, with that said, uh, I want to transition to 
um, a question, and maybe this is a little selfish of me to ask, but uh, again, like I said, I I know your story, right? And so I know that you were with a woman who um, was pregnant with another man's child, and you helped bring that child into life and you helped raise them. Do you think that that has had an impact on who you are? Yes, it actually, yeah, a little bit because after I didn't that honestly going through all of that and then going through everything that happened at the end with it was a real pretty much it was best way to it was the match to the explosion. It was okay. what started all of the realization and everything like that because they don't the saying that you don't know what you have until it's gone Mm -hmm. it's spot on yeah and even sitting there raising the child for three years being there when it was born everything like that i don't have a kid now and i lost her that was a huge that was a huge impact once it actually hit me. Yeah. Dude, I can only fucking imagine. So, like, and again, maybe this is selfish to, to ask or whatever, but um, I know for me, once my daughter was born, I saw all these flaws in myself, right? And one, once I seen all these flaws in who I am as a human, it, 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 it made me just want to, like, it's the whole reason why, and I've talked about this before, it's, it's like the whole reason why I wanted to get into therapy is because I wanted to be 100% for my daughter. I, I didn't want to be, I was happy with who I was, but I knew I could be better. Well, was it the same kind of thing for you? Afterwards, yes. Once yeah. she was born, everything like that, it was... It it still didn't hit me. It like I said, it didn't hit me until after she was gone from my life. Because I can honestly say, as much as I tried, as hard as I pushed myself, as much as I provided and everything like that throughout the three mm-hmm. years, I was right. a shit dad. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like tear her down or beat her or starve her or anything like the, the like those really shitty abusive parents or anything like that but right emotionally i i was there and i wasn't and then right. mentally that stuff is i was there and i wasn't because i still had so much stuff i was trying to work through plus i was working my ass off i was right working shit 14 15 hour days every day coming home not wanting to do anything just wanting dinner and to just kind of try to relax and right and yeah in all honesty I, while i had her i was a complete shit dad and after she was gone i looked back on it and i'm like holy shit yeah yeah for I, sure I, dude. I can, I can... So yeah dude i can i can resonate with that one thousand fucking percent one thousand percent i i find myself in these traps even even today like literally i i just had a fucking mental breakdown on friday which was uh, literally not even 24 hours ago it was for this exact reason this exact reason is like you know i i work 40 plus hours a week 
Right. And I, I do this podcast and I have a couple other things going on in my life. And I, I, I find myself in that exact situation is like I come home from work in 10 hours a day. I, I come home and, you know, dinner's not made. And, you know, and now I'm upset because dinner's not made. And then, uh, you know, the dishes aren't done and the laundry ain't done. And like all this shit is going on. And it's just like there's there's days where I catch myself and I'm just like, Wyatt, like she she has a lot going on, too. Like you're you're not the only one. She has she has just as many responsibilities and just as many things as you do in your present day. So why are you projecting yourself onto her because of these situations? So yeah, yeah, dude, I I resonate with that one thousand percent. But how has that made you into a better person today? That that's what I'm curious about. Uh, I want to be better for my future for if if big big fucking if i ever have a kid in the future which yes i want kids and everything like yeah. that but it's a big if because you know your boy is kind of retarded um no yeah you're you're really smart cody you you truly are in intellectual wise yeah just choices wise it yeah. is not the best. but uh, yeah I can, I can resonate with that that's for sure. That's for sure. In the future, I want to be a better father than I was. If yeah. I could go back or if I had another chance to be a better father for her, I would mm-hmm. take it in a heart. But I don't have that. So I have to be better for the next. Yeah, for sure. So that being said, ladies, Cody's DMs are open. <laughs> well, I answer um, probably not because I'm really shy. <laughs> Like, when it comes to women, I'm shy as fuck. Really? Yeah. Like, I use, when I was younger, I used to be able to just talk and talk and talk. I could open. I could close. I could do this. I could do that. I was just there. But yeah. now it's like, hi, I got to start all over. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I... Uh, I'm going to use this uh, transition to something a, a little bit different, right? When was the happiest time of your life? Not right now, because the dog just shit himself. <laughs> oh, no. uh, yeah, so I'll probably get gassed out here in about 30 seconds. <laughs> but uh, happiest time in my life was... I honestly don't know. Yeah, we'll do it, and then and that's something that like we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast is like, um, it's always easy to remember the bad times, and especially like when you grow up in a tumultuous uh, lifestyle like we uh, us three have. It, it is the bad overshadows the good so much that it really makes it hard to remember the good times. Would you agree with that? Definitely. There's only, I can only think of one instance where I was like truly happy and the whole world just kind of, you know, in those moments where you're just, you're smiling and when you recap on that memory, everything slows down and you just see the smiles and you can feel the happy and laughing all over again. Yep. 
there's only I only have one memory like that that I can actually pinpoint. Yeah. Yep. All right, so I'll I'll use that to segue into my next question, which is um, when is the uh like when have you been most disappointed with yourself? Most disappointed in myself was I was. It was right after me and uh, the kid's mom broke up after being uh, engaged and everything like that. It was like two months after that when everything really started to hit me and I started to have a lot of health issues and I lost my job and <laughs> I was I was in my entire apartment alone. And I just sat there and I was looking back on everything and I was just, I was absolutely disappointed in myself because I always told myself that I was going to be better, to be better than yeah. my parents, better than the people that I've seen throughout my life. And I just failed yeah. one task yeah. that I gave myself. Yeah, dude, no joke. That shit just gave me chills because, uh, yeah, same literally the exact same I, I always told myself that i'm gonna be better than my father i'm gonna be better than my mother i'm gonna be better than all these people that i had as you know air quotations role models throughout my whole entire life right and then when you find yourself in the exact position that you told yourself so many times throughout life and you find yourself in that moment and you think what the fuck did I just do? Exactly. It is devastating. But the, the, the sad reality of it is uh, the majority of people, and, and this is this is why I carry you guys so close to my fucking heart, is because there's not a lot of people in this world who can look at these moments and learn from it. There are so many people who will look at those moments and think, this is just my life. This is just how things happen. This is just what it is. And they don't ever try to get better. And, th and that is exactly why I hold you guys so close is because I know that when that moment happens, you, you guys are going to try to do everything in your power to make sure that it never happens again. Exactly. Yeah, sometimes it's easier said than done, but... 100%. 100%. And that, dude, and, and that's why I'm grateful to call you guys all friends. Like, listen, there, there's, an old, there's an old expression, right? And it's like, if you can count how many friends... Uh, on more than one hand, you're doing it wrong. And I remember hearing that back in like middle school, high school, and saying, "Oh yeah, well look at that. I have this friend, this friend, this friend." That's like over and over. Now. I counted twenty friends, right? And I'm like, "Yeah, that's wrong." But now I sit here today as a 24 year old who has a child and a house and car payments and all this shit, and I say, "I got four friends." I can literally count them on one hand and how true that resonates with me today. 
it, it's mm. it's unexplicable. It, I I I can't put it into words. And this is what makes me so grateful for the people that I have in my life. It is exactly that. Mm. So I wanna I wanna ask, man. <clears throat> when when do you find yourself trying to like uh when do you find yourself reaching out to your friends the most often like when when is it that you're like hey guys this is going on and i need help uh, like never <laughs> is it is it a a masculinity thing is it an embarrassment thing is it like a I, I just can't bring myself to talk to my friends about it. Like, w what is it exactly? And, and this goes to you, uh, Evan and Cody. A lot of, like, my not asking for help thing is because that's just, that's how I grew up. I don't, I, I honestly, I can say completely honestly, I had never seen my dad break down, cry, ask for help or anything like that until last year. Really? Or like the last two years when I was living there. That is the first time I had ever seen that man break down. And I told myself years back because all of all of my strong role models mm -hmm. uh male role models and everything like that. My grandfather, my uncle, my dad, my great uncles, all of them. Um, I have seen every single one of them break down and cry with not a lot of shoulder cry for right. anybody to look down or anything like that because they're the men. They're the pillars. They're the ones that are supposed to hold it. So that's one thing I told myself is you have to be that pillar now. Right. So therefore, you can't break. Has there yeah. been times where I've been called out on my bullshit? Yeah. Me, Dalton, all the yes. fucking time. Uh, yep. When I was going through all the bullshit, he would constantly call me out on it. Yep. He dude, that, that, yeah, yeah, dude, that, that, that is the epitome. Like, that is exactly why i i'd like and maybe this is selfish right but that is exactly why i keep dalton around is exactly that if if i know i need a pity party i'm not going to dalton <laughs> right because you you know you ain't gonna get that from him <laughs> like but dude if you need some real fucking advice and if you're struggling and you really need to get through fucking something He's the man to fucking go to. And every time. Every, yeah, every fucking time. But then it it also puts this like extreme pressure on you because you know that if he's coming to you about something, he's expecting the same in return. You know? Okay. Yeah. Evan, you uh you got anything to add to that, any of that? Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm the same as Cody. I don't, well, I kind of grown up in all my life. I've never really had either my parents really, uh, 
ever broke down too often. If they did, it wasn't in front of me. So I'm right. uh, like the exact same as in I don't go out and look for people to help or I would rather deal with things on my own and not show, I tend to not show a lot of emotion and I don't look for, you know, pity or anything very often. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you guys, you guys think that that's a pro or do you think that's a con? Uh, for me, I think it's a, it, it can be a little bit of both. You know, I, yeah. I don't have to rely on other people to help. Uh, I guess you would say it's very like, self-sufficient and you know those terms but at the same time it there's other ways to go about it but uh, you know it is what it is yeah yeah i agree 100 yeah. that i think i think it's a pro and a con yeah cody you got any input on that i i agree that it's a it's a pro and a con it's a pro because you can you can stand on your own you can be your own pillar and everything like that but it's a con because eventually no matter how no matter how strong the pillar is there's always going to be that one weight that can Mm -hmm. make it crumble yep and at that point you've been this strong pillar for so long you haven't opened up to anybody and you have nobody else to help pick up the pieces yep so that's the con in that because it keeps you, it keeps you secluded from others. Yep. In that aspect. Do Do you think that that's um, you think it's a byproduct of the way that you were brought up, or do you think that that it's a byproduct of the way uh, society is towards men, or do you think it's a combination of both? Probably a combination of both. For sure, I agree one hundred percent. Because so, our parents grew up in a different era where they, like, a, a worse era than we are with the whole, you got to be the man, you can't cry, you can't break down, everybody depends on you. So then we grew up seeing that, and right. what they went through. And no matter yeah. how much society sits there and tries to say it's okay, it's just what we're used to. Right. Yeah, it's definitely going to take more than a gen- one generation to break that, you know, those type of trends. But uh, my question to you, Cody and Evan, both, is uh, do you guys have somebody or pe- multiple people in your life that, uh, like, when things do go bad and you are questioning, do you guys have people to go to to, to vent and just to let loose? Uh, for yeah. me... I would say I got a few people, but uh, normally I don't ever. I'm not one to talk to anybody about my problems specifically, you know, unless I start asking like how I'm doing, and then I'll just you know tell them, but not with like much empathy. And if they still right. like continue to persuade to you know explain or talk about it, then I'll I guess kind of open up about it or talk more. But if I'm not one to bring it up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that from you. It's what, um, especially from you is, uh, you know, I, I like I can get Cody like on a phone call or an Xbox party and he, sorry, um, he, 
you know, Cody will, you know, eventually start to open up about things that are going on versus you, Evan. Like, I, I have very rarely ever heard you talk about negative things that are going on in your life. Now, mm-hmm. is it is it a pride thing or is it just like a uh, well, I guess either way it's like I was going to say, like, is it like I'm a fucking man and I'll deal with myself or is it a pride thing? But both of those are kind of the same thing. Like, what do you think it is? Uh, I don't think it's more. I don't think it's like it's a man, you know, it's what I have to do, whatever. I think it's just the personality of uh, how I've grown up and how I've dealt with things so far. And um, I guess it's just kind of like normal to me now yeah well um because of your career and the things that you've done and like it like is that also like a byproduct of that or is it strictly from the way that you were brought up i'm sure there's been different things that have played into it um i don't i can't really think of any like exact circumstances i'm sure there's a a few yeah, it's probably a little combination of everything. Gotcha. What about you, Cody? You think that like uh like the lack of opening up, like do you think that it it's a pride thing or is it a man thing or like what what do you think it is? Probably a lot of like for me at least, it's probably more into pride of I can do it on my own, I can deal with it myself, I'll be fine, kind of thing of just pushing it down and pushing it down for so long that eventually you just kind of deal with it. Right. And eventually all the drama and all that stuff turns into humor. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Deflecting is my number one. Go- deflecting with comedy is my number, number one go-to. Right. <laughs> like, would you say it's the same for you, Cody? Cause I, like you make me laugh a lot. <laughs> so you, you think that, that, that it's kind of like the same thing. Yep. Definitely can't hurt you if it's making you laugh. Right. <laughs> even even if it's raw and real as fuck, as long as I come with that punchline, everything's okay. You resonate with exactly. that? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's fucked up. You know, it's not the proper way to go go about things. And I think <laughs> I I think every man fucking knows that. But at the end of the day. It is what it is, man. We're we're all trying to do our fucking best. We're all trying to provide for ourselves and our families and you know whatever. But one thing that I will say is, uh, you know, all three of us, we all have at, at the bare minimum one thing in common, and that is fatherhood. So what is, uh, Evan? I I know I I've asked you this question, but I want you to elaborate a little bit more. Is like. What are some of the greatest things that you've learned through fatherhood, starting with Evan? Um, I think the number one thing was there's, I guess it kind of plays into what we were just talking about of uh, dealing with like problems and stuff on your own and uh, being that self-sufficient. Now, I, you know, you no longer can just be self-sufficient. You have to look at everything else that's going on and um, get to now make choices for you and, you know, my son or me and my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of things that I would, you know, was normal to me and would do, but now I also have to take in consideration what's 
mainly not best for myself now, but what is best for my son. And yep. it's coming, coming over that, um, you know, what do I want rather than now it's what does my son want or what does he need? Right, yeah, uh, what's best for him, yeah. So realizing no one, just myself. Uh, that's helped me a lot. Hell yeah. What about you, Cody? What's what's the most uh, like lesson learning thing that you've had through uh, being a father? Patience. You have to have patience. You have to be able to work with them no matter what mood or attitude or temper, tantrum, whatever is going on. You, you have to be patient because as much as you don't want to be like your parents, like, like I don't, I don't want to be like anything like mine. You don't want to be like that. You also want to make sure you're building a better person than yourself. Exactly. Yep. I, I yeah, I agree one hundred fucking percent. And so, um, my last question before we uh round round this whole thing out is um. Like what is and um, going in order is uh, Evan and then Cody is uh, like what what is what is your biggest regret? Like what is the thing that you look on back like look back the most and it's just like I just wish I I never fucking did that. Um, let's see. I I wish in I guess school would be a pretty big one is. I wish I actually would have cared a lot more because now especially um, seeing like the effects and realizing that it was a lot more important than I thought yep. and I would be a lot more better at the moment, you know, and have more opportunities uh, than what I, I currently do. I agree. Other than that, I, you know, there's, there's not too much to look back and regret. I think everything not necessarily happens for a reason, but I think uh, it's definitely something. Like, there's you can't go back and change anything. So you either, you know, A, learn from it, or B, you can always just look back and you know, laugh about Resent it. Resent it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's always trying to like where I try to go is I I never try to regret, you know, like you will always regret things. There's no changing that, but uh, the um, I guess amount and effect that it has on your own self, I don't think it's worth the pain. Uh, I'd rather not sit back and uh, sit in my own sorrows or, you know, think about what could have happened because there's no point. Yeah. Yep, and Cody, same thing for you. Like, what is your biggest regret throughout your your whole entire life? Like, what is the number one thing that you regret? I'm pretty much in the same boat as Evan. Is except mine's not school. It's just there's not really anything that I truly regret. It's things that I wish I could tweak, or things that I wish I knew back then that I know now, but. Like like Evan said, Evan summed it up perfectly. You can't change it, so 
why regret it? Exactly. Learn, learn from the past and everything that you've gone through and throughout your life has helped to bring you to the position that you're at now. Yep. Makes you the person you are today. Those things that you regret, if you were to change them, would completely change the person you are. You wouldn't be you. Right. Cody, I thank you for coming on. I thank you for being so vulnerable, and I thank you for uh, giving us your time. It's been a pleasure. I've th- ther- uh, thoroughly, sorry, uh, have enjoyed you being on today. Believe it or not, it's already actually been an hour. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Evan, you got any uh, closing words? All right, uh, no. guys. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, drive safe, work safe, be safe. We love you, you guys. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and that's it, man. Peace. Peace.